This is The Plural of You, a podcast about people helping people. I'm Josh Morgan. Adam Greenfield is a community organizer and co-founder of the Public Bench Project, an effort to build benches in public spaces in one San Francisco neighborhood. Adam and I talked about the history of the project, as well as his experiences with bringing people together at the local level. I'll play that conversation in a moment, but first I'd like to talk a little about changes to our third places. Third places, by the way, are locations other than home or work, where people can go to socialize safely and conveniently. Third places are gathering points with qualities like free or affordable access, close proximity to those living nearby, familiar faces, and feelings of home away from home. Examples can be found in public spaces like parks and libraries, religious groups that host community gatherings at their places of worship, and small businesses like barbershops and bookstores that invite customers to hang out. Scholars debate on whether the internet can also be considered a third place, because it's clear that online social networks make real-world communities possible. Even something as simple as a bench can serve as a third place when it's installed in an inviting location. Adam mentioned in our conversation that public spaces have become places to merely pass through, and he implied that this is a bad thing. I would add that several decades of hasty suburban development, as well as cuts in government spending, have reduced the availability of third places, especially in underserved neighborhoods. This is a problem because the disappearance of these places has been linked to issues like low voter turnout, feelings of isolation and loneliness, and less civic cooperation. And I'm going to speculate that the decline of trust among Americans is involved in there too. So that's why I'm glad Adam agreed to talk with me about his work. He and the Public Bench Project are proving that anyone can make their communities more friendly. Adam and I had originally set up a call between us and Chris Duderstadt, the other co-founder of the Public Bench Project. Chris had some obligations that made him unavailable, so Adam and I went ahead and talked about what they've been up to. I enjoyed the conversation, and I hope you will too. Here's Adam Greenfield, community organizer and co-founder of the Public Bench Project. Hey, Josh. Hey, Adam. I really appreciate your willingness to help out with this. Oh, no I, know, I know we played phone tag for a few days and then we tried to get Chris on, but it, it sounds like he's busy now. Yeah, I mean, I, c- I can talk about the subject fine, so we don't really need him. I just thought I'd ask him because he does more than I do, but mm-hmm. I think he's pretty cool with it. So, What kind of work does he do? He's a machinist. He builds machines. Oh that lift heavy things for contract work. Okay. He's like one of the only people who knows how to do it. So he's, he's busy doing that. Where'd you guys get the idea to build benches for people? Back in 2012, I called up Chris Dudastat, my neighbor here in the inner sunset neighborhood in San Francisco. And I said, Chris, can you come up with a design for a bench that is cheap, easy to produce, and potentially makeable by different people. And I, I asked Chris because Chris is a machinist. He's one of the only people of his kind in, in the country. And I just thought he would have a good head for this kind of thing. So Chris went away and got back to me a couple of weeks later and showed me all these historical photos of benches he had pulled up from around San Francisco and around the country and around the world. And he was looking for the kind of the best elements of all of them that he could combine into one really simple design. And eventually he came up with the design, which is now the design that we use for the public bench project, which is all two by fours. Every 
all the components uh, of, of the actual wooden part are two by four. So he came up with this design and then he called me a couple of days later with this shaky voice. Uh, he said, Adam, I've got something I want to say to you. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, you know, I've been thinking about this pen- bench thing and I just decided that I want to get a bench on every corner in the inner sunset neighborhood and I'll pay for it myself. I don't care like how much it costs. I want to do it. So he started, you know, on this crusade of the public bench project and I was there trying helping to find locations and I painted one of the benches myself. So that's how it got started. What are you hoping to achieve by putting benches in this neighborhood? Chris and I feel very strongly about the value of the public realm, which is this much abused space or much neglected space outside our houses and outside private residences. And the public realm is really the one place that we all have in common, that we all own together. And so it's an incredibly, incredibly important realm. And if you look at what's happened to the public realm over the last couple of centuries, it's been completely neglected. And if you walk around a lot of cities today, we have strips of sidewalk, which is nice, but we don't really have anything else. There's nothing there that the public realm has simply become a place to pass through. And historically, the public realm was always a place for gathering, for lingering, for for coming into contact with people. And so the Public Bench Project is our way of trying to bring lingering which has this very negative connotation these days you know lingering sounds like you're hanging around because you're you, you're trying to cause trouble but for us lingering has a very positive connotation of simply just being outside in the public realm and sticking around and the more you stick around the more likely you are to meet people to meet neighbors to make new friends and also simply make the streets more inviting because uh, the more people out there the more inviting and the safer the streets become. So we put dozens of these benches around the neighborhood and more and more we're seeing there are more and more people using them and they're out on the street and the streets are becoming more friendly and welcoming and and pleasant to be in. So it sounds like you're not necessarily building benches, but you're building gathering points. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, there's a whole world of places you can go with this thing. Uh, In other places, they've combined benches with notice boards and newspaper dispensaries. And so you kind of multiply and and magnify the value of the benches by bringing other things into contact with them. Another great thing about this project is that about 20 years ago, the current political establishment in San Francisco decided that benches were not a good thing and started tearing them out en masse around the city. And generally, the reasons were homeless people sleeping on them and antisocial behavior. And so, you know, the public bench project is a response to that. And it says, well, maybe government can't do everything for us. Maybe sometimes the community needs to do it. And when the community does it, we can be a lot more flexible with the benches. So every bench has a steward. Every bench is tied to a building of some kind. And the person in that building takes responsibility for the bench. So we can really look after each bench individually, whereas a city government is often just trying to minimize risk or responsibility. So if something goes wrong, they just tear everything out. And we're a very much more grassroots targeted approach, which I think works out much better in the long run. So you're not necessarily just 
building benches and setting them free, you have people keeping watch over them. So that sounds like a good way to organize it. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, I guess you could say an anarchic model where lots of people take ownership over these things. And we don't put a bench out without the permission of somebody's, uh, of a building resident or owner. Well, it always has to be the owner. But every bench we put out is being stewarded by the bu- by the person who owns the building or, or lives in the building with the consent of the building owner. So, yeah, every bench has a steward and that person sees the bench every day because they're coming and going. And so they can respond really quickly. They don't need city workers traipsing around the neighborhood once a year to see if everything's still okay. So we think it's a really, really great approach. You don't sound like you came from this neighborhood. (laughs) So I should probably ask, what's your background? How did you wind up there? I was born on the island of Guernsey in the UK, which is between England and France, somewhat closer to France. And I spent my childhood there. And when I graduated from university as an undergraduate, I traveled around the world. I was in Brazil on my last leg. And three days from the end of this nine and a half month tour, I met people from uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. And I was at a point in my life where I didn't know what I was going to do next. And I was very open to possibilities and open to new adventures. So I decided to come here. And the vibrancy and the possibilities in this city just resonated with me. And so I stuck around. And I'm still here over 10 years later. My start in community organizing was delivering holiday cards, which I made myself to my neighbors one Christmas. And I, it, uh, when I get, got back in home from that, I thought, huh, I really do have neighbors as actual people who live on my street. And I wonder what could come of knowing them. So it just kind of started snowballing from there. I get the impression that the public bench project is part of a larger, I don't want to call it an organization, but it sounds like there's a lot more going on than just the building of benches. What else is going on? Yeah, there's quite a few things. There's obviously the benches. We do an event several times a year called Inner Sunset Sundays. And Inner Sunset Sundays, or ISS as we call it for short, takes place on one block in the center of our neighborhood. And and what we're trying to do through that is raise public consciousness that streets don't only have to be for moving through and specifically moving through for those who operate an automobile, but they can be places to gather. So unlike a typical street fair, which is mainly about buying something, passing through and leaving, and generally happens once a year, we do these events several times a year and we place a lot of focus on lingering, on putting benches out, on getting people to interact with each other and developing civic participation. So that's one of the big things that we do. I've been involved with some projects to install parklets which are the, it's actually a city approved permit program where you can uh, apply to convert several parking spaces into a gathering space. So that might be something like putting decking on top with some chairs and tables on top of the space. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I've worked on a few of those projects and and those are really great because once they get established, they are there all the time. So that's, that's really, really powerful. There's a lot of things, a lot of things big and small. 
I've been on my neighborhood association board since 2009, and it's been great to work through that organization and, and raise awareness about the value of community, about knowing your neighbors. One of the other things I do is I support as many neighbors as possible in the neighborhood to have block parties, because once you open your street up to yourself and your neighbors, then it really brings a lot more people out and they start to connect with each other and to want to collaborate and interact with each other more often throughout the year. People often use the phrase closing the street down when it when we talk about block parties and street events. And I very intentionally say opening the street up. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because when you say closing the street down, you're implying that the streets are for and only for vehicles and that that is somehow the freest a street can be, the best it can be. Whereas I think that opening up a street should mean people coming into the street and that is a more freeing experience than, than driving down the street. I love the way you put that. Yeah, it's you know we we it's important to look at the terminology we use for things because it can betray a certain cultural assumption that perhaps we're not aware of. Uh, you know, opening up a street, closing a street. There's also you know some transportation progressives use the word collision instead of accident when it comes to cars hitting things because accident implies that something couldn't have been foreseen and that it was truly out of the control of the participants, whereas collision perhaps implies that cars are inherently dangerous and you could operate a car as safely as you could possibly do and a child could run out into the street and the, the child could be killed and you couldn't have seen it possibly coming, but you were inviting something to happen just by virtue of operating an inherently dangerous car. So yeah, it's it's important to look at the terminology we use and to be conscious about that. So how do you get funding for projects like these? The public bench project is self-funded. We ask for a small donation to cover the costs of producing a bench, but the, all the materials to produce a bench are only about $25, $30. Oh, okay. So they're very cheap. Uh, that's one of the genius elements of Chris's design is that the benches are so cheap and, and very comfortable as well. So. So that's a, a really good model. And then, yeah, you're asking specifically about the public bench project, right? Well, there's all these other things going on, it sounds like. So, well, well, when I originally found out about you and Chris, I only knew about the benches. Mm -hmm. But the more I've read through your website and whatnot, I, I see there's so much more going on. Yeah. Funding is always kind of tight, but the, the good thing about uh, not having much money is that you're not tied to as many things. as often strings attached when it comes to money. Oh, that makes sense. So for our Inner Sunset Sundays events, we try and raise money from the community. We do ask for donations from local businesses. Uh, we get some larger non-local businesses contributing too. But I guess I'm a fairly lousy fundraiser, so I don't raise a huge amount of money. But the, the upside of that is we're uh, less beholden to others' interests and we're more beholden to the community that we're doing this for. So if someone wants to request a bench, what's the process like for that? They just email us. Can anyone just email you? Yeah, we've we've actually had people from uh, other neighborhoods around San Francisco get in touch with us. And actually, occasionally we get an email from someone, uh, some other place in the country who just wants to know more about about what it is. So, yeah, it's simple. They Someone emails us and 
Chris has a look at the location and makes sure that the person making the request is the person authorized to have the bench there. And if the location and the, the requester match up and, and work, then uh, they get a bench. How often do you get requests like that? It varies. It's been a steady stream from the beginning. I mean, we really just had a kind of initial initial run of benches and then the website just kind of sat there and it's just kind of organically grown. So we get, you know, shops talking to us. We've had more residents talking to each other and saying, oh, I love that bench over there. And I've heard this this guy called Chris makes them. Maybe we should talk to him about getting one in front of our house or business. And, you know, slowly the sort of the network of chitter chatter about this thing is is spreading. So at the start, we would approach people and say, would you like to steward a bench? And now people come to us and do it. So it sounds like the feedback's been great so far. Yeah, it has. There's like in any community, there's a few people who don't like it or alarmed by it. And, you know, we'll make complaints to the city, but the city has been very uh, accommodating and uh, sympathetic to what we do. And so we've been able to work through that. And the vast majority of people are very happy. One of the concerns that people often have is is about antisocial behavior, which is why the so many benches around San Francisco were torn out in the first place. And we've had just two benches that uh, were in locations that were encouraging behavior that the bench stewards didn't know how to deal with. So they asked us to take the bench out. You know, two benches out of several dozen benches is is not that bad at all. And it, again, it goes to show how well the small scale community approach works because we're able to really deal with each bench uh, specifically and, and really, you know, target each situation and be flexible about each situation. So have you had any municipal agencies approach you about completing benches or has it been mostly residents and businesses? Yeah, it's it's generally that. I think we I think Chris did make a bench for our recreation and parks department to go in one of their buildings. And I think he would be definitely open if he were approached by them. But of course they have their own workshops and their own processes for public infrastructure. You know, because the benches are made out of wood and the fog and the rain and the elements beat away at them, they don't last as long as the metal benches. Uh, and the paint chips away and wears down. And we like to make sure that the benches look good. So, you know, they, they require a little bit more hands-on attention than a city might want to want to deal with. So that's why I think the bottom-up grassroots approach is so inspiring because there's so many approaches you can take from the grassroots that are just not possible from the government level. And people, you know, so often when they want something to change, like they want, you know, less speeding on their street, they go to the government as a customer, essentially, of the government and say, we want this. And, you know, they hope that the government does something and it's usually a very expensive solution. And our approach is completely different. We, we think that communities can do a lot more things for themselves and it can be done cheaply and the solutions can be much more context specific and appropriate. So you've mentioned a little bit about how the benches have changed behaviors among people where they've been placed. Mm-hmm. Can you think of specific examples where you've noticed positive effects? I love seeing the effect that the benches have on the vibrancy of the neighborhood. There's uh, one bench in the neighborhood, which I actually painted. It's got hearts all over it. And a little old couple, uh, I've seen them many times. They seem to enjoy sitting there uh, in the morning 
around nine or ten o'clock and they've kind of made it a part of their uh, walk that they presumably take around the neighborhood so you get to see more familiar faces oh that's nice it's it's yeah it's also been really nice to see businesses which you know so often businesses tend to be quite conservative when it comes to change because their lives on the line and so they're, they're very cautious about changes and it's been interesting to see businesses actually approach us and say can we have a bench outside because this brings more business to us so you know businesses we're starting to see businesses are realizing that improving the public realm is good for them and and contributing to the common good is good for them just down the street from me at a uh, sub shop i uh, make sandwiches and they sell cheese they got two benches outside and both benches kind of look like a block of cheese they're yellow (laughs) with the holes in it and it's just really nice i remember coming home quite late uh, a couple of weeks ago and i went past that location and there was a young couple sitting on the bench just admiring the night because it was a little warmer than usual Uh, otherwise the street was completely empty so it just brought a little ray of sunshine to that part Uh, the other day i was at the grocery store and there's an ice cream shop across the street with a bench one of our benches in front of there and the bench has ice creams painted all over it and there was a what looked to me like a father and his young daughter from the school uh, nearby eating an ice cream together and it's just little things like that you know one of the one of the pleasures of living in a great city like san francisco is the details and in the details of a city that's where you really realize that people love being there is is when they they look after the details and so i love going around the neighborhood and seeing the little the little moments of humanity that these benches make possible it's it's really uh it just brings a little bit of delight every time i see it i'm thinking the idea of opening up public space kind of invites those details to come back out so it sounds like these benches are helping with that they're a small part but i think they're a very symbolic and meaningful part of bringing people back outside and taking responsibility for their own environment and uh, embellishing the public realm and treating the public realm with the with the respect it deserves if you go to say siena in italy uh, and you go to the piazza del campo it's an amazing public square amazing public space and the message that that public space communicates to you is respect for the common good Places that have few or no facilities for the public realm, they are telling you that they don't have respect for the common good. You know, one of the things that people have said about our benches is that the benches communicate a concern for the common good, which I think is very inspiring. Is there something specific that surprised you about putting out these benches? One of the things that surprised me about the benches is that they just keep that it just keeps expanding. I thought we were just going to put out 10 benches and then that was going to be it. But we still keep getting, you know, it's like a, a leaky faucet, just drop, 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 drop. Just we keep getting requests on an ongoing basis. And that's been really uh, a wonderful thing to see. It's also really nice to hear that people are talking about them. People come to us and they said, oh, some neighbor that has one was talking to me or someone knows someone who knows someone who heard of Chris making these benches. You know, you see how word spreads and that people are talking to each other. 
And I'm also, it's also been nice that this has actually worked. Uh, you could easily see, you know, a powerful city government like ours clamping down on us and saying, you can't do this or you have to do, you know, you have to go through some heavy handed bureaucracy or the benches have to be a certain way or what have you. And so quite the opposite of, of anyone trying to clamp it down has actually been warmly received and it's it's growing. So, yeah, it's been really uh, really a positive reaction. Are there any goals in place for the public bench project? There's only really a, a high level philosophy behind the public bench project. We don't have any goals in terms of numbers of benches or anything like that. Maybe one day that will, that will happen, but right now we're sort of just letting it grow like a plant and just kind of have a life of its own. And I think that's important sometimes to, you know, there are times to have plans and there are times to to let things evolve. And I think we're enjoying letting the public bench project evolve in the direction that it that it wants to go in. And, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is that as more and more neighbors come together in other ways, like the block parties, which I've been involved with, you start to see more benches popping up because they start thinking about the public realm more. So you can literally walk around our neighborhood and the presence of the benches will tell you uh, which streets are more engaged and communally minded, which is really interesting. Have you encountered anyone that didn't understand why you were doing this? I, I can just imagine people coming up to you and saying that there are bigger problems than trying to build public spaces. Like, how would you respond to those types of comments? Well, if people said there are bigger problems to solve than public space, I would say there may be. But how are you going to solve them if you don't have access to other people? For me, the benches and the block parties and the street events we do are about providing a platform for the community to address whatever issues are important to it. Just in the past uh, day or so, I've seen neighbors who came together around a block party last weekend uh, continue the conversation on email. Uh, someone raised the point about cars speeding down the street, and there's been a conversation back and forth about what to do about that. That conversation may not have happened if it weren't for the for the uh, building of connections that happens through the block parties. So the block party was not about speeding cars, but it has led to a discussion about that. And so I think uh, the importance of platform building, of creating a a base for people to connect and have discussions is very important. We, we hear a lot about that from a electronic point of view, Facebook and Nextdoor and other online platforms. But we really mustn't forget the value of the physical realm. If you had any advice for people that wanted to bring people in their neighborhood together, but didn't necessarily know where to begin, what would you say? There's some very easy, specific things you can do. One of the things that uh, a lot of blocks do if they want to meet their neighbors and just get the ball rolling is to find a place on the sidewalk outside their house or somewhere on the street that would be good for a barbecue. And they put flyers under the doormat or through the uh, mailbox of all the houses on the street. And the flyer says, you know, we're having a sidewalk barbecue for all the neighbors on this block to meet each other. Just come and hang out. And that's it. It's, you know, you find a place, find a time, make some flyers, distribute them, and that's it. 
you know, something like that can be a very effective first step for people who are new to it, who maybe don't want to jump into something really involved, but who just want to shake the rug a little bit and uh, bring people out. The, one of the things that I've learned, if you want to meet people and if you want to get people working together, start where they live. Uh, people always care the most about the zones closest to their home. So they care obviously the most about their home, but then they care a lot about the street outside, the, the, the block they live on. And then the further you get from that, the more diffuse their connection becomes. So connect with people where they are. Did you have the desire to organize people before you moved to Inner Sunset? Or do you think the neighborhood kind of brought that out on you? For me personally, it was, I think it was just a, it was just a fluke. My desire to, to build community and bring people together was, was just an accident that came out of just some idle thinking I had that I, it would be nice to meet my neighbors because I live in a city of 820,000 people and I don't even know the people on my street. So it was just, just came out of a, a curiousness on my part. And gradually as I, as I evolved with that train, with that path, I started realizing plenty of other things as well, like the environments we live in actually are designed in a way that separates us and keeps us apart. There was a study done in Melbourne a couple of years ago on one particular street that showed that two-thirds of all interactions on that street happened because the neighbors had front gardens and they would sit in their front gardens and other neighbors would walk by and they would chat to each other as a result. So I realized that the design of our environment is incredibly important. And I looked around and realized that my neighborhood was not conducively designed to facilitate community. Again, the benches really help in their own way to improve and add to the design of the neighborhood. Sort of to sum up everything we've talked about, if your work had a message, what would you like for that message to say? I've always moved forward in an intuitive way with what feels right. And so often I don't start with something that has an explicit goal. It just seems like the right thing to do. But I think over time, what has become a common element of everything I do is simply the need to connect with people directly. The Internet is a very is very mixed blessing when it comes to bringing people together, because connecting through a medium like a computer is a very indirect way of communicating and connecting with people. And it has its advantages, but it also has a lot of drawbacks. And I think we get sucked into that too much. So I think it's important to connect with people as directly as possible and for us to share the skills we have. And everybody has something to contribute, be it time or skills or inspiration. Everybody has a part to play or simply just turning up. I mean, I think... I think it was Woody Allen who said that 80% of life is just showing up. And, and I really agree with that. If anyone will want to follow your work online, what websites would you recommend? We have the Public Bench Project website, which is publicbenchproject.wordpress.com. We have the Inner Sunset Sundays website, which are the events we use to raise public awareness about public space. And that's issundays.org. Our neighborhood association is inner-sunset.org, so inner-sunset.org. Those are the websites connected to the things we do. Maybe one day I'll actually just develop a website that will bring everything that I've worked on together in a neat package. Maybe that's a project for another day. 
If anyone would want to contact you, like through email, for example, what would be the best way to do that? People can contact me at Adam, A-D-A-M, at inner-sunset.org. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think, I think that's it. What are your plans for the podcast? Well, I have one episode so far, and my plan has been to approach people that seem to be doing good works. Like, I was really inspired by the Bench Project idea, which is why I reached out mm-hmm. to you. So I'll just mm-hmm. keep on until I run out of people to talk to, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's all I have. Okay, good luck. All right, thanks, Adam. Okay, have a good day. That was episode two of The Plural of You. I first published it on November 15th, 2014. I have an update for you on the Public Bench Project. I hadn't heard from Adam or the Bench Project in a while, so I emailed the other co-founder, Chris Duderstadt, just to say hi. And Chris replied pretty quickly and said that Adam has since moved to Austin, Texas. Chris said that Adam has been getting involved with community organization there and has actually been spreading his love of public benches in his new city. Meanwhile, back in San Francisco, Chris is continuing to build and distribute benches whenever anybody asks him. He told me he's given out 168 of them since he started. 168. That's a lot considering Adam mentioned that they thought maybe they put out 10 or so and then that would be the end of it. 168, though. I just can't imagine building that many of anything. And he, Chris also said that about 90% of those are still sitting where they first placed them. Uh, and as he put it, that they're welcoming anybody to stop and rest. I don't think anyone has a count on this, including Chris, but I've seen several people online who have said they saw the public bench project and they were inspired to build benches where they live. 99% Invisible, uh, if you're familiar with that podcast, They published an article about the Bench Project on their website back in 2017. And I remember at the time, there seemed to be a lot of interest uh, because of that piece uh, based on the comments that I saw. And I know, speaking for myself, I've personally shared the Bench Project website and Chris's bench plans with a couple of organizations that were looking for something similar. So I think it's fair to say that Adam and Chris, when they started the Public Bench Project, They started something that rippled farther than one neighborhood in San Francisco. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan, and the show's website is pluralofyou.org. That's all for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.